Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back here, hour three of Sports Talk. Joey Falgu was at master control for the first two hours. Now we got the young one, Logan Falgu. Carry so, us through the next so, hour. So wait, we got the better half. Uh, we got Logan. Uh, and, no, no, uh, no. He ain't better than Joey. Okay, yeah, but he's like he's like almost um, apprentice. Is that right? Yes, You're kinda yes. Passing the, the torch. So yeah. Hour three here. We're here till seven o'clock on this Memorial Day. Hope everybody enjoyed the, the long weekend and reflected and uh, paid homage and respect to those that fought and died for this country. Bobby Abear, Christian Garrick. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text eight seventy. 870 and, and Bobby you had a little bit more to add on Bart Starr in particular yeah uh, Christian the reason why I can relate to him because I thought I was a Bart Starr uh, type of player now I didn't achieve the greatness that he did uh, with the Packers in the 60s but kind of like um, you know he was played at Alabama uh, but I would say Snake Stabler Joe Namath uh, had more recognition than Bart Starr it was really what he did with Vince Lombardi, that he truly got uh, recognition. Just a couple of quotes uh, from Bart Starr that I can relate to. And he said, if you work harder than someone else, than, than somebody else, chances are you'll beat him, though he has more talent than you, Christian. You, know how, you don't know how many times I thought I beat an individual head-to-head, even though they had more talent than me. Because I was willing to put the work and what it took to o- overcome them. So when I read that, I go, man, I-, I can definitely relate to that. And then he credited Vince Lombardi for showing him that by working hard and using my mind, I could overcome my weakness to the point where I could be one of the best. I've told you this a number of times, that I think I was a star but not a superstar. All I know is I have a winning record against Dan Marino. I got a winning record against uh, Steve Young. You know, it's the number of players that not, not now not Joe Montana, <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying. The point right. being is that here I am from Northwest Louisiana, and I'm willing to put the work in, and what it takes to overcome the best of the best. That's why I always could relate to Bart Starr. You know, a Bart Star, number 15, I'm Christian. That's why I took the number 15 in respect for my dad, how much he was a Packers fan, and that being, uh, you know, uh, Bart Star's number. And he loved Jimmy Taylor. He loved Billy Cannon, Jimmy Taylor, the whole LSU connection there. Uh, but, you know, when you reflect back and you get old, everyone's getting old. And I'm saying, man, Bart Star is 85 years of age. My dad's going to be 81 in July. And I just look at, and you remember where you're at right now in your life, and 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 who really that you can reflect on and give credit to. And I can tell you right now, this is going back to the '70s that Bart Starr had that kind of influence on my young life. And so when I saw that he passed away, I said, "How can I not 
acknowledge him. And uh, listen, he will never be considered uh, the best of the best. But like I said earlier, uh, you know, uh, before the top of the hour, that he was named to the 1960s All-Decade Team. All I know is you make any All-Decade Team, you're a freaking stud. <laughs> so, uh, listen, he might not be on the levels of the Joe Montanas or uh, whoever you He's view. not in the GOAT conversation, yes, but he's still, yes. he's still a great player. Yes. Well, you, Christian, if you make an All-Decade Team on radio, you would think like, Okay, uh, I've accomplished great things. So th- that's where Bart Starr was in the 60s and being a little boy and going to junior high and high school. I just thought that was significant. Why? Uh, to just give a, a personal story of why I took the number 15. And to this day, that number 15 is retired at Salafouche along with Coach O, who was number uh, uh, 77. And Ronnie uh, Este Crockett, number 78. The only jersey even retired at Salavush High School is because what we achieved, now I don't know why Bebe or Coach O chose 77 or uh, Crockett chose 78, but I know why I chose 15, and that was because of Bart Starr. You know why? You know what number I wore when I was playing football growing up? Tell me. Three. Why? No, Chris, you don't tell me because. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. <laughs> Come on, Bobby. I think I've told you this before. When I was playing football growing up, I wanted to be number three. I, mean, I just, just oh, uh, that just makes me thing. feel good, Christian. I, I I never knew that story. I wore number eleven in baseball, though. Okay, who's number eleven? You had any yeah, reason? I why? didn't. No, I didn't have any reason. I, well, okay, I play. I wore eleven in high school when I played baseball um, in, at North Harden. But when, early when I was at O'Neill High School, I wore thirty-four after. Nolan Ryan, the Ryan Express. Oh, yeah. Amen. Hello. Yeah. Growing up, I wore his number every chance I could on baseball. I loved Nolan Ryan. <laughs> I have an interesting story about Nolan Ryan. Uh, I, know, I know this story, but go ahead and tell it. Nolan Ryan came stay in my lake house at Toledo Bend. They were doing some fishing show, and I got him. Uh, he stayed in the guest house. I got him to uh, autograph a baseball for T-Bob and Bo. Man, I'm so ticked off because I said, T-Bob, you know that baseball you always uh, were throwing around? I told y'all to save it. It'd probably be worth about three or 400 bucks right now. It's Nolan Ryan autograph. T-Bob and Bo, they were so small that they threw that thing around and scuffed <laughs> it all up and didn't appreciate it. You know, they just like, I guess, I don't know, much is given, much required, and, and you spoiled rotten, but... I had a Nolan Ryan baseball for T-Bob and Bo. T-Bob, y'all still got that ball? He goes, oh, Dad, I don't know. I think we threw it around on the cement and, uh, you know, in, in the driveway, and we, we kind of scuffed it up. I go, come on. I, I guess you I, another baseball. So I, I guess I wasn't uh, as privileged because my dad bought me a Nolan Ryan baseball, autographed baseball. I still have to this day. So, wait, he probably paid two or 300 bucks for it probably. Yeah, yeah I was a, when I was growing up, I was a big baseball card collector. Okay, yeah, it. yeah. So you know, he would take me to shows or shops or whatever, and I – I think one year for Christmas, see, that's what he, that's what he gave me. I also, well, I'll tell you a funny story about autographs. Think about this. So, Kevin Green, you remember him, former Pittsburgh Steeler yes. and, and Rams. Carolina Panthers, Rams, Carolina Panthers, all that, yes. Yeah, so he was in the Army Reserves. So, my dad being in the active duty, uh, they did, I think they did a training exercise with his unit, and he was a part of it. He got Kevin Green to sign a piece of paper for me, and he comes home, and he's like, hey, I got Kevin Green's autograph for you. And I was like, yeah, great, so what? 
Like it's not it's not Pat Swilling. It's not Ricky Jackson. Uh, he was it's on not, that level. Oh, uh, I know. Production. I, I, I know, but the, I think I was like eleven or twelve at the time. <laughs> so you know, I was truly focused on the Saints. I didn't. No other right, team. Right, right. And yeah. in my mind, no other team existed or mattered. You know. So I, I just I think I like kept it for a little while. Ended up chunking it, and then realizing when I was about sixteen, seventeen. Whoa, this cat can play. I mean, he he was that good. But yeah, I've been a little disrespectful when it comes to the autograph game as well. I I, I can relate. Well, Christian, I got to show you this picture. I had one of my greatest moments in NFL history when I was rolling out left, and when uh, Kevin Green was with with uh, the Rams. And you know, you never want to leave your feet to hit a quarterback because then uh, you have no leverage or you just have no force, Christian. I switched the ball from my right to my left hand, and I caught Kevin Green right on the jaw like I would have punched him, and I put him right on the ground, and then I switched the ball in my hand going left, and I threw it to Eric Martin in the Anaheim Coliseum, about an 18-yard gain, and I guarantee you, Kevin Green, when they were watching the film, he never been humble like that. That I, I could say that I punked Kevin Green in a real game. <laughs> and I can tell you, if he could come at me and hit me in the jaw, he would have hit me in the jaw and made me fold. But I caught him off balance and put him down. Uh, Christian, it's one of my greatest moments ever because I know the significance of Kevin Green, how good he was. And I did that uh, against him in a Rams uniform. And, I, uh, man, I don't know why you brought that up. That came to my mind. <laughs> and um, and I'm, I'm, I'm after to describe and show you this picture of yeah, what yeah, I did. Bring it in one day. Bring it yeah, in, bring it because because uh, Christian, I'm telling you what, when they watch film as a defensive unit, they go, man, Bobby Abraham punked you. <laughs> hey, he, he he put you down on the ground because when you leave your feet, you have no leverage. Right. So I was able to put him down, switch the ball in my hand, and complete 18 yard pass. But uh, listen, I was just lucky. Uh, if he'd have ran, keep running through, I would never have got the ball off. Uh, but he was trying to get a sack and. He was the top sack getter when you think about what he did uh, with the Rams, Steelers, and uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Kevin Green, not only as a player, but also a coach. Kevin Green remind me of the player that I play with, very similar to Brett Maxey. As far as, you know, you're a top player, but can you be a top coach in the NFL? And Brett Maxey, uh, 20-plus years uh, coaching, I think I'm going to say Kevin Green has definitely double digits, you know, associated with Dom Caper and all that. Uh, but I don't know why I'm going off on a tangent just talking about all these. Getting nostalgic uh, here. Yeah, yeah, these great memories and great players and how they continue uh, their career. But, Christian. Wait, uh, hold on, hold on, Bobby. Let's take a break real quick. Okay, Step uh, away. I have some Memorial Day um, uh, info. Usually I, it, it, it's not. I mean, I don't know. It's not that significant in the sports world, but Memorial Day, I thought this was interesting what occurred. Not so much Memorial Day, but May the 27th, what occurred today. All right, we'll talk about that after our CBS and local news headlines at 6.30. Up next, though, Jeff Palermo, WWL contributor, part of the LSU Sports Radio Network on WWL. Back here on Sports Talk, breaking down the upcoming Baton Rouge Regional featuring your LSU Tigers, the Arizona State Sun Devils, along with Southern Miss Golden Eagles and the Seabrook, Sea, uh, excuse me, Stony Brook, Sea Wolves. Jeff Palermo at Jeff Palermo LRN on Twitter. Jeff, I heard the gasp uh, all the way from Baton Rouge from LSU fans when Stony Brook was uttered and mentioned in this in this regional. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit ironic, right? <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe however you want to say it, uh, it's. Um, I guess that was probably uh, not what anyone was anticipating. I, I really thought McNeese was heading here, um, but McNeese actually ended up as a three seed in the Nashville Regional. So good for them uh, to be thought of as uh, more than just a four seed. Um, but uh, Stony Brook comes out of nowhere and. Uh, I think sometimes the NCAA, uh, whether it's uh, the uh, Tournament Selection Committee for Basketball or Baseball, I think they always have a little bit of a, a sense of humor or they try to um, certainly look up, look for matchups that have storylines, and this one certainly has one with Stony Brook returning to Baton Rouge. Now, uh, you know, Jeff, even if Stony Brook uh, – look, whenever you're playing in the postseason, you have a quality ball club, uh, but there's no way in hell – that Stony Brook could be the type team they were in 2012 when you had seven major leaguers, I believe, get drafted and you got like a player now playing for the Padres. I mean, uh, and we talked to our coach and he said their shortstop, their center field is a stud. If the shortstop gets on base, he's going to steal. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to, he would challenge LSU. Uh, But uh, listen, I mean, you got to play the game. But there's no way when you play the odds that Stony Brook can have that type of team that they had in 2012. No, I think that was kind of a um, a, a, a one-of-a-kind type of team that Stony Brook had. And, um, you know, they've been in the tournament uh, since then uh, after their surprising run to the College World Series. And, yeah, I, I don't I don't foresee. I th- they got some good players. They got a – uh, you know, a guy that's got seven saves on the season. They got a starting pitcher that went eight zero with an ERA in the threes, and there's certainly some some good players. But to the to the high level talent that that Stony Brook 2012 team had, no. And that was just a a tough series, you know, for LSU. I mean, they 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 hit so many balls in the gaps in that series, and Stony Brook's outfielders just ran all of them down. I mean, they, every ball that LSU hit in the gap or anywhere, it just it was just one of those things where um, the, uh, the the baseball gods weren't smiling happ- happily on LSU. And um, not to say that Stony Brook got lucky. Uh, I mean, even Palmineri admitted it today. That team was was really good, and they were better than LSU that day. Uh, but their, LSU really didn't get many breaks after winning that first uh, super regional game. Jeff Palermo, part of our WWL.com crew and also part of the LSU Sports Radio Network. Jeff, who's the biggest threat in this four-team regional to LSU of the three remaining? Is it Arizona State, Southern Miss, or Stony Brook? Um, I would say Arizona State just because of the uh, the type of hitters that they have, uh, hitting 91 home runs, and I understand that the ball – might fly a little bit further in Arizona than it would, uh, say, in Louisiana. But still, um, if when it's warm and at the box in June, the ball tends to fly out of there a little bit more than it will in February and March, that's for sure. I mean, I think Southern Miss and uh, Arizona State, you just look at what they've done offensively this season, and there, there are guys that got some good averages or some good hitters on those teams, and – you just wonder, uh, I mean, LSU's pitching staff seems like it's trending in the right direction, but we've said that before, and then they, they get lit up. Um, and so uh, that, that's always a concern that there might be a team out there that can uh, certainly 
outscore LSU. I mean, and LSU's bats have had games where they've gone kind of quiet. So um, I don't think this is, uh, you know, while, while you want to sit here and look at a potential LSU Georgia Super Regional Series, I don't think you can take it for granted that right. LSU's just going to show up at this regional and win. Now, uh, you know, Jeff, when you look at the LSU fan base and you consider where we're at right now, and you follow the LSU Tigers, they've earned uh, what, top eight national seeds uh, each year from 2012 to 2017 before playing in the regional round at Oregon State last year. But now you're hosting a region. I know preseason, we're number one, so it's like Omaha or bus. So where do you view LSU and Coach Maneri considering the expectations where they're at right now? Well, it, 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 I, I think at this point there's still a, a large uh, majority of LSU fans that support Paul Maneri, but there, there's others that are, you know, sometimes you know, kind of starting to compare them to Les Miles and the fact that towards the end of the Miles era that. He He's way smarter than Les Miles, Jeff. I'm telling you. I'm telling. <laughs> well, I'm just talking about the win. I agree with you. I, I think Paul Maneri is a, a terrific coach. Um, does Are there changes that need to be made within the program? Can they do things differently? Sure. Yeah, why not? Um, you know, why does why does it seem like Vanderbilt seems to always have these loaded teams? And um, while this team was supposed to be lo- loaded, uh, injuries and the fact that it was kind of a fundamentally flawed roster when it was all put together because of so many left-handed hitters and so many right-handed pitchers. Um, it, it really struggled with that, uh, especially early on in the season. But I think with the administration, uh, Paul Maneri is in good standing with uh, Scott Woodward. He's not going to come in here and make a change. Uh, this season certainly wasn't, and I think Paul Maneri would be the first to tell you, was it the type of season that they thought they were going to have? But right now they, they feel like they're, they're playing their best baseball of the season. They got three starting pitchers that they can count on. And I think they're going to roll with what they got and see how far they can go. And, um, you know, I was, um, I said this earlier. I mean, I, I thought as long as LSU could stay away from facing a Vanderbilt or a UCLA in the Super Regionals. I mean, this, the, the path is there for this team to get to Omaha if it could just come together. And um, I think they got the they got a they got a, a pretty built. I don't want to say a favorable route there, but right? It's a doable route. It's a doable route to get to Omaha. Well, uh, Jeff, considering uh, the way Georgia is structured, I don't know. Uh, I, I would think Georgia is going to take care of business, but if they don't win, LSU could still potentially host a Super Regional. But even uh, how they match up against Georgia, it's not like you, like you said Vanderbilt or uh, UCLA, considering where they're at. Uh, that uh, it's amazing that I think at times people don't appreciate Coach Maneri, and and, and you bring it up uh, where we're at right now. You're in and you're out. Like like I said, LSU has earned uh, top eight national seeds uh, from 2012 to 2017. And then you look at last year, Oregon stating where they're at. That um, I can tell you right now, Tiger fans, if you would not want Coach Maneri in the future, he might go back. He might go to Alabama and bite you in the butt like Coach Saban. <laughs> and, and I know he went to Miami, then ended up in Alabama. Alabama is so irrelevant in baseball; it's like comical. 
But I'm, I'm just telling you, sometimes you don't appreciate what you have, considering what Coach Maneri has done at LSU. Uh, now, obviously, you got uh, much is given, much is required. You got high expectations where we're at, where we're at in the preseason. But uh, but Jeff, when I look at uh, the whole SEC, we got 60 seconds, uh, fellas. Uh, but, but but Jeff, the proof's in the pudding with the number of teams that are now playing in the postseason in the SEC. Six teams hosting a regional. That's pretty good. And also, when you look at it, LSU played on the road this year, Mississippi State, Georgia, and Arkansas. Three of those teams are national seeds. That's, they, had, they had a pretty tough schedule when it, when it came down to it in the SEC. And for them to win 17 games, considering the injuries they had, I think um, could they have done a little bit better? Sure. But I, I think it's still, at this point, it's, where they got to, I know you look at the number one ranking at the preseason, but where this team stands now, again, I think they got a doable route to Omaha. Jeff Palermo, WWL contributor and also part of the LSU Sports Radio Network. Jeff, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. All right, guys. CBS Local News Headlines back here on Sports Talk on WWL. Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day in general. Here we are, Sports Talk, Bobby Bear, Christian Garrick. Bobby, what went on this day in in, uh, in history, May 27th? Well, um, Chris, when I look at May 27th, and uh, probably I think the perception in the United States would be uh, one of the greatest uh, Secretary of States. I mean, it depends where you would lean, but everyone knows this name. And I didn't realize, I thought he was dead already. Henry Kissinger... Today turned 96. Henry Kissinger turned wow. 96. Wow. I mean, it just shows you modern medicine. I mean, I don't know. He seemed old when he was like 76, and he's still alive. So, I don't know, maybe modern medicine and, um, I don't know, you get your cholesterol right, you get your blood pressure right, and you're, uh, you're able to live and fight another day. But I, I don't know. I was surprised that Henry Kissinger was 96. I'm going back to the day and age in the 70s with Richard Nixon. But Henry Kissinger turned 96 today on May uh, 27th. So I just thought that's significant when you think at uh, Memorial Day and uh, how much power the Secretary of the State has in the United States. Going forward, uh, going forward as far as the world influence, and this is not necessarily um, to do with America, but I love history in this regard. On May the twenty seventh, eleven ninety nine, eight hundred twenty years ago, everyone's heard of Richard the Lionhearted, Richard the First the Lionhearted. I didn't realize that King John of England was crowned. In Westminster Abbey, nearly two months after the death of his brother. So today was the date that all of a sudden King John took over for Richard the Lionhearted. So on 820 Always going to get a history lesson with the Cajun Cannon. Oh, yes. Because, Christian, that is significant because people who casually observe what occurred in history, oh, I've heard of that term, Richard the Lionhearted. Well, yeah, uh, and then all of a sudden he died, and his brother took over in oh, uh, 1199 on this date. But 
But everyone knows Henry Kissinger. That's not that long ago because, uh, Christian, he was the Secretary of the State, and he's still alive at 96. If I'm alive at 96, they better build a damn monument of me. What? Because if I live that long, um, come on. If you live to 96, any American that lives to 96, you have to think you hit the lottery. That's why you look at Congress, they're going to look at what occurs with uh, Social Security because life expectancy goes on considering um, the life expectancy and how you're going to uh, reward an individual into Social Security that, uh, that comes into play. Because people are living damn long. They just freaking living longer. And, and that's a case right now, case in point. Henry Kissinger. Now you can have go. the best doctors and medicine. But 96, uh, come on. I, I don't know his lifestyle, but I'm surprised Henry Kissinger is still alive. All right, we'll step away and come back. Joe in Mandeville was on hold. Call us back, Joe. I want to talk to you. Always a pleasure talking to Joe in Mandeville. This is Sports Talk because here on Texas WWL. Texas fell apart. Come on, Joe. Mm-hmm. They're not even in. They ain't even Texas Tech. Come on. West Texas, Lubbock? Come on, Joe. Bobby, I guess Joe didn't want to talk to us because the Longhorns, even after sweeping LSU in March, went on into a tailspin and didn't even qualify for the NCAA baseball tournament. Texas Tech did, though. They're a host of regional and super regional top eight national seed. LSU is the number 13 national seed. So, Bobby, you told me something I didn't know today. I wasn't quite sure on. Um, What's that? Because they're paired with the uh, Athens Super Regional or the Athens Regional, if somehow Georgia loses in the regional, LSU would get the uh, regional host site. No, it doesn't matter if it's Mercer, Florida State, Florida Atlantic. LSU wins. And Georgia does not win. We got a super regional to go to Omaha. Man, no, that so, would be something else. Yeah, look, look, it's possible. Here's why. Yeah, hell yeah, it is. Because Georgia gets it done on the mound and with, with um, I guess pretty good hitting, but defense. They they pitch and they and, and they play defense. They're not a high scoring, high octane offense. So a team that can hold them off the scoreboard or hold them down and and kind of go pitch for pitch. Now it's hard to do against that staff, in particular Emerson Hancock. But if they can play defense and pitch with Georgia, they've got a shot to pull off an upset. Well, it might be uh, a last hurrah for Mike Martin, the Florida State Seminoles, uh, to overtake the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, I'm not discounting Florida Atlantic, but they were second fiddle uh, to uh, Southern Miss in the conference. And I don't know enough about uh, Mercer uh, to give an honest opinion, but – all I know is Christian, LSU, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, didn't LSU go early in the year to Georgia and, and they won the series? They did not win the series. They won one game. Oh, the they series. won one game. Yes. Uh, so, uh, oh, And they were one run away from winning the series. Okay. So, so close, but so far. So, uh, you're right on the cuffs. So, uh, listen. All the adversity LSU has faced with the injuries and what has occurred with the uh, the roster and the pitching staff, you still can achieve uh, uh, achieve greatness. Now, what I mean by that greatness is, Christian, you cannot be spoiled. You cannot say we got to win a national championship. You remember how we win the championship game 
and we lost to Florida. That wasn't that long ago on the Coachman area. And people say, like, oh, we could have, would have, could have, should have. Come on. We played Florida six times that year, and we won once. And we lost five yeah. times. So yeah. Florida's better. Come on. You have to acknowledge that. But I think right now, considering the preseason expectations, being the uh, number one ranked team, and we know it has to play out. You have to have luck and the ball bounce your way and injuries and all that. That if LSU right now would make it to Omaha, that would be probably Paul Maneri's one of his greatest coaching accomplishments in the history of his coaching profession overall, whether it's at Air Force, the Fighting Irish, Notre Dame, or LSU. Considering where they're at and what they accomplished. So to me right now, Coach Maneri, considering you're hosting a regional where you're at versus Stony Brook, Southern Miss, Arizona State, and then all of a sudden a super regional, whether it's you got to go at Georgia or whether Mercer, Florida State, or Florida Atlantic's coming to the box. If you can go to Omaha, I think that would be a great accomplishment because let me tell you, LSU baseball fans, we love the team. You have to realize that you have to consider how hard it is and uh, to accomplish greatness. And if you not if you if you do not appreciate Coach Maneri where he's at, that okay, you want him to go somewhere else? Look where Alabama's at right now. Look at the SEC and how many teams they have truly that are significant. Bobby, let me step in here for a second. And where please. they're at. Come on. But you have people that are hating. I ignore and, those people. I just simply do. I, okay. I've, I, I, that's, the, that's how I have, I've chosen to operate with them. Because I, I think a lot of them, a lot of not not all of them, a lot of them really don't understand the game of baseball, and they don't understand the modern landscape of college baseball. Right. Because they didn't see Stony Brook come in here and beat LSU and recognize why they beat LSU. They thought that was a, a, a gaffe by the, by the Tigers or some stroke of luck for Stony Brook. They didn't see Coastal Carolina and beat, come in here and beat LSU. They didn't understand how that was possible. It's possible because these smaller schools now, because of the roster restrictions and the scholarship limitations, it's leveled the playing field. So I don't really – I don't entertain them just because they don't understand the landscape and how it all works. They think that Paul Maneri has mismanaged this program. No. Uh, b- because because they are um, – they went from being number one to 20 uh, in the polls. Preseason polls are – you know we know this. What do we know from football? They're often overinflated in a lot of ways. Not necessarily at one and two with Alabama-Clemson. We always know that. But – in that range, that, that final four team, it's it, those final four teams or the final six teams, they're almost never as they were projected to be in the preseason. Same thing with baseball polls. You don't yeah. know which freshmen are going to come in and contribute right away. So, I, I look, I get the polls. I, I know. I understand it. But I would I would say shame on the fans. until Don't buy into that preseason ranking until you've seen it play out on the field several weeks into the season. Well, uh, Christian, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire because you thought LSU would be uh, Omaha or bus. I did. Okay. I did. And I still think they can accomplish that. I still think they can accomplish that. Even if they don't accomplish that, I still think they got the right coach. Yeah. No, no, well, no. Listen, 
they have the right coach. Look at the SEC and how competitive it is. <laughs> you might look at the midweek games and all, what they accomplish. And uh, listen, um, listen, Louisiana fans are tired of hearing the excuses about injuries. What do we hear about the Pelicans? Oh, the injuries. What do we hear about LSU baseball? Oh, the injuries. People don't want to hear that, but that's a reality. So I just think, from an objective opinion, that LSU got the right coach. I know they got the right coach in pulmonary. Bobby, if LSU were to go on this year and win the national title, there would be LSU fans screaming, he should have already won another five. It took him ten years what? to get two. I mean, that's what, they'll, that's what a lot of them will say. Listen, uh, considering all the adversity, if LSU win the national championship this year, they need to build a damn statue of pulmonary. <laughs> They just put it uh, by Shaquille O'Neal, whatever. I mean, that's about a PMAC, but you put it by the, uh, the box or something. There is uh, a Skip Bourbon statue going up in Champions Plaza right there. Man, so. I mean, I mean, okay, Sp- Skip Bourbon is great. Pulmonary's on that level. That might be blasphemy to some LSU fans. I'm telling you, Coach Venari is on Skip Bourbon's level. I'm just telling you because you look at where the game is at today. Compared to when Skip Bertman and how they're trying to promote the game and uh, where it's a priority for different universities. You have to look at all that. That when you look at the competitive playing field and you look at all the conferences and how it's a priority, I'm telling you, Skip Bertman is great. Pulmonary is great. Pulmonary is on the same level as Skip Bertman. I'm telling you right now. Uh, people might not be able to accept that. And I know I'm being objective. Just look at the Southeastern Conference. Six regional host sites, four super regional host sites, ten teams in all getting into the NCAA baseball tournament. That's more than any other conference. We, you know, I know that there's a conversation year in and year out about the SEC being the most dominant in, in right. conference in, in football. But it's certainly just as good in, in baseball. Hell I mean, yeah. Just go, just go look at it. Just go look at all the teams that are, that are going in. Teams like Florida. Florida didn't have the best of years, but they had a top five strength of schedule. I mean, they played some of the some of the most brutal schedule in the country. I think they were number three in strength of schedule. It shows you what the selection committee thinks of the SEC putting ten teams in the NCAA baseball tournament. No, uh, the, the LSU Tigers in SEC is the closest thing to Major League Baseball, Triple A, whatever. Double A, I'd say double uh, or triple A. Yeah, 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 double A, triple A. When you look at it, uh, amongst the best. I mean, it is that competitive. I mean, you cannot sugarcoat it. So, uh, now, you can have a great facility, and you can recruit the best, and uh, it's amazing. Uh, but you can recruit a, a top high school athlete, and then, you know, he's going to turn down millions, or he's going to go to major league, he's going to come to your school. No, that's a lot different when you look at the, uh, uh, football and a different sport. So, listen. Coach Madera, we got the right coach. Uh, we got a new AD. And uh, listen, for him to challenge the new baseball coach, I just think it's ludicrous. I mean. You talk about Scott Woodward? He didn't yeah, yeah, challenge yeah, Paul Yes, exactly. He would not. But you got some crazy fans uh, that would challenge Coach Madera because they don't know reality. Yeah, I, I, I usually ignore them. I don't, I don't give them the time of day anymore because they just simply don't, don't get it and don't understand it. This is Sports Talk here on WWLAMFM.com. Back here wrapping up Sports Talk. 
Text message here at 878-70. Bobby, I want to smoke what you're smoking. Maneri can't hold Skip's jock. Come on, man. With that said, he should not be fired. But I think what Bobby's trying to say is that if you put Skip Bertman in this era of right. college, in new new landscape of college baseball, he would have the similar success that Paul Maneri has had. Vice versa, if you put Paul Maneri in the gorilla ball era prior to the roster restrictions in that in that era, he'd have the similar results that Skip Bertman had. Is that is that right, Bobby? Christian, that is 1,000% right. When you consider where college baseball is at and how competitive it is now, compared to uh, Skip Bertman in the heyday, nothing to take away from Skip Bertman because he achieved greatness and actually promoted NCAA baseball like uh, Coach Polk at uh, Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. But you have to look at the time frame. And what occurred, the competition? Let me tell you, I think Skip Berman's great. I think Paul Maneri's great. But you have to look at the time frame of when things occurred. And I think what you said, Christian, was a, a thousand percent right. Uh, the, the, and I think it's a fair statement that you believe yeah. that because I think the, the the tools were set up so well for Skip Bertman. Now, again, now he earned that. He, he set that in motion. Right. But in a day and age where you could stack players – that would start on other teams, and they'd be your number two. They're your backup first baseman or your backup second baseman. Would be just as good as a starter, and they, and so you could stack those guys. You can you could do that back then. You can't do that now. It's just impossible with the roster restrictions and the scholarship restrictions. And and I think that again, if you put Paul Maneri back in that situation, he'd have done the same thing. And Skip Bertman would have been creative enough and innovative enough to manage today's day and age. Well, what I appreciate with Coach Maneri, what he did, the success he had with the Air Force, and uh, what he did with the Fighting Irish at Notre Dame before he came to LSU. And, and again, it's like it's not hating on no one. It's just like uh, Skip Bourbon was great. Paul Maneri's great. It's a different day and age how tough it is right now in college baseball. It'd be a different animal for Skip Bourbon to have success this day and age versus the 90s. It just is. If you're truly objective. Look, teams like Coastal Carolina, teams like Louisville, they they weren't around then because they didn't put an emphasis on college baseball. Everybody started to recognize, whoa, wait a minute. Now that the level playing field is, is what it is, we have a chance to invest in our baseball program in a way we've and never been able to do it before. And invest in the programs, make it a priority. Yep. And, and make it on a profit as well. Priority, profit. If you look at this day and age, the exposure on television mm -hmm. and all the conferences, uh, baseball is a priority. It wasn't necessarily uh, the case uh, when Coach Polk at Mississippi State and Skip Berman when they started establishing greatness. Yeah, well, I think we have those two to thank for the explosion of, yes, of the, we do. the popularity of college baseball as it is today. Yes, we do, Christian, because uh, – Someone has to lay the groundwork and, and show the athletic directors and the administration that uh, this should be a priority. And Skip Berman did that and Coach Boak at Mississippi State. You look at programs like uh, University of Miami. I brought that up early in the show, the success, uh, not necessarily being promoted, but the success in the 70s of uh, USC, the Trojans, Arizona State. Uh, the Sun Devils, who's coming to LSU's regional, just look at their success as what they did. I want to say, Christian, off the top of my head, late 60s, early 70s, mid-70s, as far as competing for national championships on the baseball level. But it wasn't like we got to get this on TV. 
I mean, what Skip Bertman did and Coach Polk at, uh, at Mississippi State, it made it a priority where you want to tailgate. You want to go to a baseball game, so you got to give them credit. But I think it's uh, far most cha- more challenging today to stay on that level at the highest level and the expectations with Coach Maneri has at LSU. I'm not giving him a pass because, listen, I would, be in, would have been extremely upset if Coach Maneri wasn't hosting a regional mm-hmm. considering the preseason expectations. But they still have a chance to hope a super re- host a super regional. I don't know what's going to happen at Georgia, but they're still in the hunt. You got to be in the hunt. I'm just telling you, baseball's way more a priority right now if you look at uh, the 21st century compared to what it was previously as far as the programs and what they have invested in it. Look, I'll tell you a quick story. I used to live in 1996. I graduated high school in Kentucky. I used to live about an hour south of Louisville. Louisville's been a top eight national seed, I want to say, right. for, four, for four straight years. In 1996, LSU won it all. They could care less in Louisville in 1996 about their baseball program. They, now, it, then it was then it was um, it was it was basketball. That was the sport they cared the most about. Right. Now that baseball program, they built a new stadium. It's their it's their bread and butter. It's 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 really their money maker. I know their football program has been been pretty good at times as well, but. Man, that LSU, I mean, that Louisville baseball program has all, all of a sudden become the top priority or one of the top priorities, and you're seeing that around the country. Look at Duty Noble Field in Mississippi State and Starkville. All these new new college baseball facilities because these athletic directors recognize the significance of having those new stadiums. Logan Falgo at Master Control, thanks a bunch for your help. Also, Mark Menard for helping us put together the program and our executive producer and program director, Diane Newman. I'm Christian Garrick, Simplify. I'm out. Bobby, do you think? All right, bon nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who that? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.